want to speak to you tonight from the text of Mark chapter 6, verses 53 through 56. And I believe that God has a real simple message for us tonight. And so I'm going to attempt to deliver it in a real simple way for you guys. Jesus has been ministering in the region of Galilee as we come to our text in Mark chapter 6. And he's sent out the 12 and they've proclaimed the message of the gospel and they've even received authority from Jesus to go out and heal those that were sick. And even just even more recently in Mark chapter 6, Jesus has fed the 5,000. And afterwards, he put the disciples on a boat and he sent them on ahead of him to their, destin- to their destination as he stayed behind to pray. And that's when a storm hits. As, a, as the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee, a storm threatens to break up the ship in the middle of the night. And as the disciples are fighting the waves, they look up and they see Jesus walking on the waves. And he climbs into the boat and he calms the storm and they make towards land. And that's where we pick up the story tonight in verse 53. And the text tells us that when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And I want to sneak my title in right here for tonight, which is simply, what are the chances? So it says that they had crossed over and they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Life is full of rare chances. Uh, just to give you a few uh, of examples, rare chances, things that just don't seem to happen all that often. Uh, the chances of you hitting the Powerball lottery are 1 in 292 million. On the other side of that, the chances of you being struck by lightning are 1 in 3,000, which I found to be alarmingly good. <laughs> so I'm not going to play around anymore the next time I hear thunder outside. I'm headed for shelter because 1 in 3,000, I don't want to play around with those odds. The chances of you golfers making a hole-in-one on a par 3 are 1 in 12,000. The chances of you being dealt on the opening hand of poker or royal flush, 1 in 649,000. The chances of you being attacked by a shark, I know it's summer, everybody's going to the beach, so I just thought I might give you a little bit of encouragement to spend some time swimming in the ocean. The chances of you being attacked by a shark are 1 in 11 and a half million. The chances of you dying in a plane crash are 1 in 11 million. The chances of you seeing an albino squirrel are 1 in 100,000. And the only reason I mention that is because I have seen one. There actually used to be one that hanged around the church for the longest time. I kid you not. One in 100,000. I was that one person in 100,000 that will see an albino squirrel in their lifetime. So thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity that nobody else in this room has hopefully not had. Anybody here seen an albino squirrel? You liars. Y'all, bunch of, y'all are liars. How do you know it was albino? Did it have pink eyes? This guy has pink eyes. It's not albino. It's true. If it's black eyes, it doesn't count. Anyway, one in 100,000. I'm not counting y'all. So at the beginning of this passage, we see that Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret. 
And so the first thing that I want to ask you guys tonight is, what are the chances of your location? What are the chances of your location? Look back in verse 53. I'm going to mention it again. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret. What are the chances that Jesus and his disciples would come to land at this particular place? And you're like, I don't really understand, Trey, why you're making such a big deal out of it. They came to land at Gennesaret. whoop these stinking do The reason why I make a big deal out of it, because that isn't the place that they originally set out to go to. Look back up in verse 45 of the same chapter, and we see something different. It says that immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. So when Jesus put the disciples on the boat, he was sending them to Bethsaida. But when they arrived at land, they're in Gennesaret. What are the chances that that would happen? What were the chances that they would end up in this place? Because see, when the storm hit, the winds were so strong, it actually put them past their intended destination. And they ended up in Gennesaret. Which, by the way, is popularly known as being a place of fertile soil. What are the chances that Jesus and his disciples would end up in a place that was known for having fertile soil. Sometimes God will raise up a storm in our life to push us past our place of intention because he knows there's more fertile soil just ahead. Think about it. What are the chances that you ended up going to school at the place that you attend? What are the chances that you ended up in the classes that you're in? What are the chances that you have the specific job that you have right now? What are the chances that you have that job with these specific people? What are the chances that you live in this community? What are the chances that you live within this city? What are the chances that you're here tonight, right now, in this place? What are the chances of your location? There's a reason. There's a reason. God sees the fertile soil in the places that he has you right now. And I hope you understand that. That's the whole point of this first point. What are the chances of your location? A lot of us just think we're in these places for whatever reason. Why? Because that's just our season in life. Well, I'm at school right now because I'm that age. And you just go to college after high school, so that was the next step in life, so that's where I'm at. Well, I'm in a career right now because I finished up high school and I'm done with college and you got to get a job after that, so I just got a career. Now I'm out of school and I'm teaching, I'm coaching, or whatever. That's just the next phase. Well, I'm in a marriage right now because, I mean, that's just, it seemed like that was the next step to take. It seemed like I got to have something else to do. I mean, if I got to start a family next, that's the next step. I'm just here in that place right now. What are the chances of your location? What are the chances that God has you right where you're at right now with the people that you're involved with? There's a reason for it. Why? Because he sees the fertile soil that is around you. And he has you there for a reason. The text tells us that when they arrived at Gennesaret, they moored to the shore. I thought that was an interesting term. I've never actually heard that before. I've never even seen this 
term in Scripture before. And so when I read it, I was like, moored? What, what, what is moored? And so I would encourage you, because I think a lot of people are really bad at this, they encounter things in Scripture that they don't understand, and then they just keep on going. When you encounter something in Scripture, whether it be a word or context or a certain passage or a detail that you don't understand, look it up. Understand it. Don't just blow right by it because some of the things that you will find that God will show you in the smallest of details will have some of the greatest impact on your life. It says that they moored to the shore. In other words, they dropped anchor. They dropped anchor. I didn't say that they just tied off. I said they dropped anchor. They're not even where they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be in Bethsaida. We're in Gennesaret. And as they pull over to the bank, Jesus has them drop anchor. Why? Because he had intentions of staying there. Now see, that's not the way that my mind works. If I had intentions to go to Bethsaida, and I ended up in Gennesaret, I would get the repairs done on the boat as soon as I could. I would tie off temporarily. I would find somebody to come and make the repairs that were needed so that we could quickly get back on the boat, get back on track, headed to the destination that we were supposed to go to. After all, they were off course, right? They're not in the place that they're supposed to be. So the natural thing for us is when we get off course in life is to make the quick adjustment so that we can get back on course, headed back to the intended destination that we were supposed to be going to to begin with. But Jesus has them drop anchor. Why? Because he intended to stay. He knew that sooner or later they would get to Bethsaida. But right now they're in Gennesaret. And Jesus knows when he's around fertile soil. And he drops anchor. He knew it wasn't by chance that they were there. Just like we as believers need to realize that it's not by chance that we're in the location that we're at right now. We get too caught up, I know sometimes, in, in wanting to move on to our intended destination that we fail to consider our present location. Y'all are super spiritual, aren't you, right? Y'all don't ever get caught up in that? You don't ever get caught up in the place that you want to be, that you never stop to pay attention to the place where you're at? Because we're all just super focused on Jesus, right? I guarantee you, in a room full of young adults especially, nobody in here right now is currently thinking about five years down the road. No. That would be absurd. There's probably no person in here that's thinking about that. We get so caught up on thinking about where we're going and we don't pay attention to where we're at. What are the chances of the location that you're in? Currently, Jesus dropped anchor because he knew there was an opportunity there. Which takes us to the second point of our message. What are the chances you seize the opportunity? What are the chances that you seize the opportunity? Look at verse 54. It says, and when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. When these people saw Jesus get off the boat, they recognized him immediately. And Mark tells us that they ran to get the sick. It didn't say that they casually took a stroll 
comfortably took their time to go get those who were sick. These people busted a sprint. Jesus stepped off the boat and they started running to get those who were sick and in need of healing. Even carrying them while still on their beds if they had to. Which is no small feat, by the way. Have you ever tried to pick somebody up while they're laying on the bed? I'm not just talking about that person. I'm talking about mattress and everything. It's not easy to do. That's not easily balanced weight. Groups of people, four, five, six at a time, would run to their friend's house that they knew were sick. And if he was so sick he couldn't get up, they would surround the bed, pick it up, and take off running back to Jesus. Running. The effort, the amount of effort they put into getting these people to Jesus is astounding. They, they ran for a couple of reasons, though, I think. They ran because they knew the opportunity was limited. They ran because they knew Jesus would soon be moving on somewhere else. When Jesus was on the earth, He never just set up shop in one place. He was constantly moving from one town to the next, spreading the good news, performing miracles so that more and more people would come to accept Him as the Son of God. And so when He stepped off the boat, they realized something. They had already heard of Jesus, I guarantee you. They were still in the region of Galilee, and Jesus did a lot of amazing things while He was in that region. And so people had already heard of Jesus and what He was doing and how He cast out demons and how He healed the sick. How He preached with authority like none other had. And when they stepped off the boat and they saw Him, they ran because they knew the opportunity was limited. Because they knew that sooner or later He would get back on the boat that He came in on and go somewhere else. And so they ran because there was a sense of urgency. That time is short. There's a limited opportunity. There's a limited chance. But I think they also ran because they knew Jesus was the only one who could help these people's situation. I'm sure these people had been to every doctor that they could afford to see in hopes of receiving healings for whatever ailment that they had. And nothing worked. And so I think that they ran to go get those that they knew were sick and hurting because they knew Jesus had the power to do something to change their situation. They were determined to bring these people to Him which begs the question at this point, I think, who are we bringing to Jesus? Who are we bringing to Jesus? What are the chances that we're seizing the opportunity at hand to bring people to Jesus? Because I think we could take a lesson from the people of Gennesaret. We should be running to gather those around us that we know are sick and dying in their sins to bring them to Jesus. Why? Because we know that it's a limited opportunity. It's not going to be here for forever, guys. There will come a day when Jesus comes back and the opportunity is gone. So there should be a sense of urgency behind our steps just like it was with these people to run and gather these people and bring them to Jesus because we know it's a limited opportunity. It's not just a limited opportunity in the sense that Jesus is coming back. It's a limited opportunity in the sense that we aren't guaranteed the next day. It's limited. But we should also be running to gather these people to bring them to Jesus 
Because we know that He is the only one that can do anything about their sin situation. Nobody in this room can bring someone who is dead back to life. So when Jesus shows up on the scene, we need to take advantage of the opportunity. When we have the knowledge of knowing that this person who is sick and there's nothing they can do about their sickness, there's nothing any doctor can do about their sickness, there's nothing that you can do about their sickness, then we need to be grabbing them and saying, hey, I know somebody that can make you well. I know somebody that can get rid of this sickness, and his name is Jesus. And you might be too weak to go. That's okay. I'll pick you up, and I'll carry you the rest of the distance. What stops us? What keeps us from doing it? What keeps us from being so passionate about people that we won't pick them up and carry them if that's what's needed? Because I see a lack of passion for the sick and the hurting in God's church now. And you know how I can gauge that? It's because it seems like it's very rare that you find a sick person walk in here. And why aren't they walking in? Because there's nobody running to them and telling them, I know somebody that can heal you. What are the chances that we're seizing the opportunity? I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of missing the opportunities that God brings into my life. I'm tired of missing those chances. I'm tired of laying awake at night and thinking about how many opportunities God has brought into my life that I've missed. I'm tired of laying in bed at night and thinking about how I once sat in the chair that you're at and wasted four years worth of opportunity to interact with people on a level in which you may never have the opportunity to interact with again, knowing sick person after sick person after sick person and not once running to grab them to take them to Jesus. I'm tired of the missed opportunities. Why do we miss them? Well, I think the third thing that God wants to show us, and I can explain that, what are the chances that you aren't even on the fringe? What are the chances that you aren't even on the fringe? They're running and they're gathering these people together, and they're taking them to Jesus. And look at what it says in verse 56. It says that wherever he came, he being Jesus, in villages, cities, or countryside. I love that part right there because it shows how Jesus came for all people. Cities, villages, countryside. So Jesus came for the poor, the prominent, and thank God the redneck. Uh, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. What are the chances... You aren't even on the fringe. All it took for those who needed healing was just to touch the fringe of Jesus' garment. They didn't have to wrap him in a hug. Get this. They didn't even have to speak a word. All they did was reach out and touch. And the power of God's presence is so overwhelming that they would be healed. Just... I like when we picture these scenes 
that we find in Scripture because I think it gives us a greater understanding of what's taking place. Have you ever been so sick in your life that you literally just had to lay on your back and could do nothing else? I mean, I've had some bad stomach illnesses in my life to which my family can testify. It's awful. My wife can't. She's only got a small glimpse of it since we've been married. Nothing like when I was a kid. I mean, it was just awful stuff. I'm talking like so sick, you lay on your back and you can't move. And if you do move, which was in my case, it was only to roll over on the side of the bed and just and roll back over. I'm not kidding. I'm making it up, seriously. So sick you can't move. And these people are sick. And Jesus is in town. And as he's walking by, with the small amount of strength that they have, Jesus walks by and they reach out. And they just grab. Maybe it's just a brush of a fingertip. But just think of this scene, guys. There would have been multitudes of people there. Massive crowds of people. Sick people lying on their beds everywhere. And Jesus is walking through the middle of them. And as he's walking by, each and every one of them are reaching out as far as they can, just hoping that they can touch his garment. Having the faith that all that it would take was just a touch to receive healing and to have their lives restored knowing that he was so full of power that just one touch, get this, could alter the course of the entirety of their life. And my fear is, in my own life, in the life of our church, in the life of this ministry, in the lives of you guys, is that maybe we've just lost touch. Maybe we've lost touch. Maybe we aren't even on the fringe anymore. It's time, I think, that we once again reach out and lay hold of Jesus. Some of us for so long have had such a tight grip. And for whatever reason, something has entered into your life and that grip's no longer there and you've let go. And we wonder why We don't experience the power of God in our lives. We wonder why we get complacent. We wonder why we get content. We wonder why we sit in service after service after service and there's no impact, there's no depth, there's no growth, there's no spirituality, there's no increase in faith. How can we expect power from a source that we're not in contact with? We've lost our touch. And I've been so convicted in this in my own life. And I told you guys when announcement started that before you know it, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity is going to come your way to reach out onto your campus, to reach out into the lives of your friends, to reach out into the lives of those people that you don't even know. But I'm just telling you, if we've lost touch with our power source, It doesn't matter. We'll do the same things and we'll get the same results. But I want to see a move of God like I've never experienced before. 
I want to see God use my life in a way in which He never has before. I want to see Him use your lives in a way in which He never has before. So what are the chances that you're not even on the fringe of Jesus tonight? He's right there. He's within arm's reach. All you got to do is reach out and grab. I'm not even saying you got to go full-fledged, head-first into it. I'm just saying you got to touch the fringe. Just in the fringe of Jesus is enough power to bring healing to all that were there. Man, if we just got a, if we just got a touch of the fringe of Jesus in our lives, what could He do? What are the chances that tonight you'll change? When you consider all the services that you've sat in, all the sermons that you might have heard, all the podcasts that you might have listened to, what are the chances that tonight you'll actually change? That you'll realize the fertileness of your location, that you'll seize the opportunity at hand, and that you'll keep your hold on Jesus. But you know, as I thought about this further today, it's, it's really not about chance. When it comes to Christ, it's really not about chance. It's about faith. So instead of what are the chances, maybe it should be, where is the faith? Where is your faith in the location that you're in? Where is your faith that seizes the opportunity? Where is your faith that lays hold of Jesus and doesn't let go?